Hey guys, and welcome to Appliance Alliance Podcast. I am your host with the most equipment, and alongside of me today, uh, just the coolest guy, like the most humble, amazing guy. I'm building him up, but he is such a neat, such a smart business guy. Um, he he manufactured the blue book. He he really has done a lot of things for our industry, and we're going to dive into a lot of that. Mr. Dean Landers, thanks for being alongside yeah. of me, Dean. Thanks for inviting me. Glad Thank to you. have you. Yeah. So, so uh, in the pre-roll, you kind of talking about a little bit of our history, but um, just just give us the elevator pitch of where you came from and like kind of kind of where you've evolved to. Doesn't have to be the full history. We'll we'll dig into more of that. But so interestingly, I uh, thought I was going to be an attorney uh, in high school, and then I ended up uh, with a pregnant girlfriend in senior year. And, but I was in an appliance repair course at my high school. And so I went to work for a parts distributor, Tribbles, at uh, the age of 17. And I worked for them for a number of years. Left there, went to work for a service guy who had an electrical engineering degree, and, uh, and then came back to manage Tribbles for a year. And uh, at the age of 24, I started my own business outside of Tribbles, uh, which has its own story. But immediately had my own uh, flat rate. I started out with a flat rate, never used hourly, never, um, and saw the value. And I was telling uh, uh, these guys earlier that when I was at a convention in 1989, so this is six years after I'd started my business, that I was sitting around a room with guys from Detroit and Cleveland and Boston, and I don't remember the other areas, but we were all comparing rates because I had a little three-ring binder with the rates and uh, found that the rates were all very close to one another because they had used data to decide what they... They knew their cost of doing business, which was not common for most of the guys. Not at that time. Not no. at that time at all. I mean, that's, that, was, that was kind of unusual for sure. It's the guys that, It is. But the guys that went to these conventions, which you know, it was my very first convention, these guys were cream of the crop. It was only probably 40 guys from throughout the country that were there, and they were all using very systematized methods to determine pricing. And so I saw that there was something to that. So I just worked on expanding it and then uh, monetized it through Appliance Tech Talk. I don't know if you know, remember <laughs> that yeah, name? Yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, and so it took a life of its own from there. Well, and and uh, I, you know, I want to talk about. Um, I, I almost need to do five podcasts with you because there's just you're such a wealth of knowledge. Um, I I want to talk about what you said there with the networking. You got around a table, and there's a lot of really smart guys. Like you said, these are really smart guys. And I'm going, oh, what do you charge for this? All right, cool. I'm a, I'm a what? There's so much power in networking, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And and. For me, like what what impressed me about you, I spent five minutes talking to you the first day. Like I just, you know, introduced myself. We started talking. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like I kind of know who Dean Landers is. And, and so like I got just like this real brief overview. Then I sat and talked with your service manager. And I probably talked with him for about three hours over the course of the night. Like just, just a long, you know, throughout different service times. manager or my old service No, your current manager. one. Okay. Yeah. So, and he's fairly new, new yeah. to you. So, I, power of networking within within that 
maybe 10 minutes of time of talking to your service manager, I knew who you were. By the end of three hours, I'm like, if I don't do more than one podcast with <laughs> Dean, like across this time, like, right. I, but, but you bled that culture down. You bled your vision down through Very your team. Very intentionally. So uh, networking was the theme. I did the Tech Talk uh, keynote speech in Houston in 1994, and it was about networking. So they had about 350 attendees at that convention because I knew the power from 1989. And here's where it happened. Uh, I'm one of eight kids. So you sit around the dining room table at night. Dad required us to be there, yeah. right? Yeah. Conversation, you're networking, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have alliances with your siblings mm -hmm. that you better have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to sit at the table and you're going right. to like it, you know? Well, yeah. my dad was a visionary. He always talked about uh, integrity and character without talking about integrity and character. And so, yeah, if you want to talk about uh, creating themes, like my current theme is, and it takes us off of the flat rate, the blue book, but it's worthy because... That's secondary in my mind. Uh, it is, what is your mission and vision and focus? And so we've always had a mission statement. Uh, I've always had a slogan because I think they're important. And I look at and read that and, and preach that all the time. And who am I preaching it to? Myself and everybody else. It's a reminder to me of what I said I was about. So our current uh, state of affairs is such that our focus is on what I call ultimate customer satisfaction. It's everywhere. I've written it on these taped up things. And in my office, if you came in, you're gonna see it multiple places. And so what does that mean exactly? So what does that mean? So I ask staff all the time, what does that mean? And so I want a 10,000 foot view. And then I wanna know how practically you're applying that. And so when you have a customer calls and there's a concern with a customer, I, I ask them to do three things. I want you to assess, is it us, is it it, or is it them? So us, it, them. I didn't introduce the them, by the way, for a long time. I only have particular my managers. I only focused on us and it because it's almost always us. Sometimes it's it, and very seldom is it them. And so here's one of the standard things that I say to staff. It's always you until it's not you. I don't know if you've oh heard me gosh, say that. That's such a good, say that, that's such a good nugget. Say it again. It's always you until it's not you. And people are like, huh? So here it is. You're a manager. I've had managers come to me. I've always had managers. So uh, many years ago, 20 some years ago, I tried to give away all the responsibilities in my business to just manage my business. So uh, I've done that better and better and better as time's gone on. So a manager would come to me and say to me, I'm having a problem with this person in this regard. And I say, so, and they tell me, I, I'm going to fire them. I say, well, tell me what you've done to help them with the problem. You know, and they look at you like, what do you mean? I told you what the problem is. I said, no, what have you done to help them? So here's the drill. It's you until it's not you. So if you don't put them on a program to help them, and I don't mean a program to get rid of them, I mean a program to help them, then you are the problem. Yeah. 
Help them get out of whatever that is because you've not taught them, you've not trained them, you've not told them to focus on these things. What does it look like to deliver ultimate customer satisfaction? There are specific things. This is what it looks like. So if you can now in a month or two or three, tell me, show me that you've walked through these processes and now it didn't work this way. So now you've done it this way and it didn't work this way and have done it that way. Who's the problem now? It's them. So it's you until it's not you. Man, that's so good. That you is write so that good. stuff down, you document it. And so we even had uh, one of our managers gave a report card on specific items that they were trying to help this staff person uh, be better at. So they had like seven, eight things listed and they would give them a weekly report card, you know, C, D, E, right? And some of them never improved and they were giving it to them and working through. So when you as a manager are giving specific details around that and giving the person a report card and they have not improved, now it's no longer you, it's them. So it's you until it's not you. When you've done all due diligence to help, help that person, you've, they already work for you. Why would you fire somebody until you've done all the work you can do to help them be all they can be? So it's been very powerful and, and helpful. And listen, I have to apply that same thing to my own self, right? Yeah. And uh, I can tell you a personal example that I had uh, somebody that worked for me for a long time and I was ignoring things they were doing uh, and they were really lording it over in a negative way of staff in my office and, uh, and terrifying people and I didn't see it. And uh, when I put them on what I'll call a helpful program, I was meeting with everybody regularly, um, they were lying to me and I didn't realize it until somebody came and showed me. And uh, so I had to make a very hard decision. Uh, so it's always us as owners, it's always us as managers, it's always us as whoever we're responsible for to uh, help somebody be all they can be. I, I love the integrity that's in that because I just, I mean, I literally just recently went through that myself. I had my brothers come out and they assessed my business and I said, listen, you have an issue in your business and it's with your technician, but it's not your technician's fault. And I said, I know, but I don't know how to fix it. So they helped me. They said, okay, here's how you're going to coach. You're, you're going to coach. That's what you're going to do. You're going to improve yourself and you're going to coach this individual and they're going to get better or they're going to realize that they can't get better and they're going to go. Yeah. And so I, I hear that same thing from you in that is that I'm the problem. It's, it's yeah. me. Right. And I knew that like I, you know, and, so, and, and again, that comes into the power of networking. If I didn't have my brothers come in and go, okay, you know, I don't know if you know this, but you have a problem and it's because of you. I went, no, I absolutely know I have a problem and I absolutely know it's me. I don't know how to fix it. My brothers helped me fix it. My business partners in, in the Alliance helped me fix it. And so, but I hear that same thing, like that whole power of networking, because I guarantee, and I've seen this, I, I've seen this throughout this. One of the things that I say all the time is if you're the smartest person in the room, get out. Mm -hmm. Or get somebody in that's smarter. You, you're in the wrong room, <laughs> right? Um, now, you, uh, you know, sometimes there's just no way you, you might end up being the smartest person in the room, but you need to draw things out of other people. 
you need to ask questions of other people because you're going to get some information. And I've seen you do this throughout the conference. Like I'm, I'm kind of watching from far away, like who am I going to interview? And I'm watching from far away and I'm watching you just like interact in different tables and I'm watching you get around other, like you said, really smart people and doing that networking thing. And so that's just it. I look up to you and I'm going, all right, here's a guy who's he's, he's, He's doing this. He's intentional about this. This is an important thing. Find someone smarter than you and network with them and, and ask the questions. And you say smarter. So I learned a long time ago that I don't care how smart you are, you aren't smart about everything. And it's very humiliating if you think you are. And I have stood up in a room and made a fool of myself. Nobody called me on it because they were all afraid. But in, after the fact... I learned how just utterly terrible that was to yeah. think that I have a corner on the brilliance of whatever. I don't. What I know is what I know. Right. And what you know is what you know. Right. And I can learn from anybody. So the issue is, do I have ears to hear what you have to say? And am I willing to tease out of you and get questions that you can give me information? Or am I going to pontificate? Yeah. Am I... Am I trying to drill down on you and like give you whatever I got, or am I going to let you tell me? So therein uh, lies a great uh, thing that we have to all get a hold of. So I wrote down this little quotation that I've tried to remember, more is caught than taught. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that phrase. Yeah. I love that phrase. Yeah. So the reason why I bring that up is that uh, you may want to teach somebody something, but they are not going to learn it unless you're doing it. They don't care how much you know until they know, know how, how much, much you care. care. Yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. So you want people to pick up trash around your office if there's something on the office floor? Pick it up yourself. What's wrong? Yes, right? yes. If your car is dirty, why are you getting them a hard time if their truck is dirty, yeah. right? Yeah. Wash your own vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Clean up after yourself. Yeah. Talk people with respect. It all flows down from whoever it is. People yeah. are watching what you yeah. do. So, uh, and then yeah. the other thing. I love that you're writing down notes, by the way. Like, I don't think I'm that smart of a guy, but that, I mean, you, you live what you're teaching. You're, you're writing down things as we talk. And I'd be, writing older. Down, I'd be writing down things <laughs> if I didn't have the video to go <laughs> watch and listen to later. I'll be, as I'm editing, writing notes down. So yeah. I wrote, write it down. That's one of my notes because what I've learned is while you're talking, I may forget something that you've said. So like more is caught than taught uh, coaching. I wrote that down because these are little buzz points to me. So without interrupting you. So I mentor a whole bunch of young guys back uh, in Baltimore and they're in all segments of industry. They're all young guys. And so I always take a sketch pad in with me. And while they're talking, I'm scratching notes. You, you just, you, I, I want to tell you, you just coach me up. Cause like, I think from now on in interviews, I, I, that's going to happen for me because I, I think there's so much value in that. So that's like just another nugget that you're oh, dropping. It's, a, it's, a it's amazing. Nugget. Yeah. Because what they say is what you want to focus on because now it gives you insight into who they are. Instead of what your next response is going to be, what you're right. saying, because, because we as human beings, that's our thing. Like, okay, what am I going to say next? Right. What am I going to say next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just decided a long time ago, I'm not going to worry about what I'm going to say next. It'll come to me, maybe. But if it doesn't, then What's it's it not important, important yeah. right? Yeah. 
I've got to relax and hear this person's heart. And if I can't write it down and stay in tune with their heart, then I'm not being relational because we are in a relational business. Yeah. I mean, it's the foundation of Gleeps. It's what Gleeps is talking about because it's relational. How do you make a relationship with somebody that you're in their house for 30, 40 minutes? Yeah. That's your job. Right. It's a relationship job. So that's at the customer level. So we have two customers, right? We have the inside customer and the outside customer. The inside customer, all the people that we work with. We have a greater responsibility to them than we do to the outside customer. Because yeah. who's touching the outside customer yeah. more, you yeah. or them? They are. Like, right. It's exponential. So I have a responsibility to pour into them and be relational with them and let them come to me. And they don't interrupt my day. My door is always open. Their lives and what's going on in their life is more important to me than what's on my desk and that I'm working on. I will stop it. Does not matter. Stop it and pay attention to them because I need to live life with them because that's how I'm going to communicate ultimate customer satisfaction. They are my customer. Yeah. They are my customer. Yeah. So their customers are the people that they go in the houses of or whoever their customers are. Like my customer service staff. Their customers are the customers that call and the technicians. They have two customers. The technicians customer service reps and the customers they service and the parts guy are their customers. Yeah. They, you better treat them right. Like these are your customers and vice versa for the parts guy. Right. His customers are customers that buy and the technicians. So if you understand that, that you're delivering ultimate customer satisfaction and your goal is to uh, be relational on all those things, it changes your whole focal point. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I want to go back to a point, you know, again, because I didn't write it down. I want to go back to a point that, <laughs> that, that you were talking about, about um, like learning to listen and, 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 and being humble enough to admit that you don't know everything. Uh, I don't, if I have to edit this out, I'll edit this out, but I want to share a story from your service manager. Speaking of, I know who you are. I know your company. I know how you're cut. So we're having a conversation. He goes, yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting in a meeting with Dean. And he's wrong. Like, he's just wrong about this. Like, I'm looking at this and going, wait, what? Why are we, why are we doing it that way? That, like, this is just so much more in line with who we are as a company. Why aren't we doing it this way? And he said, Dean looked at me and goes, you're right. I didn't, I, I couldn't see that. I was too close to the problem. I couldn't see that. You're right. Let's do it that way. And like, I went, okay, this guy literally does no matter what is is willing to go yep you know what i i don't know everything let me let me take this so i you know i just i kind of want to show sorry because it, because you it's you're not just saying these words you're not just telling us that we should be doing this you live this out day in and day out he said this this kind of thing happens all the time in your company and and we had better as leaders right because if if i'm the the president of my company. Who's above me? Who's going to tell me the truth? Like, who? You better have people that in your organization that are willing and that you have ears to hear when they come and say to you, that's a bad idea. That's not right. That's whatever. I want that. I want people to come to me. I tell my staff in meetings, managers meetings and the general meeting, if I don't have them be willing to come to me then I'm going to walk down paths and they're going to walk with me. 
that are bad for everybody. I need help. I'm only human. Right. So I don't want to read my own press. I need help in understanding who I am as a human being because I'm going to fail. Right. And I know that. So if we're delivering a product for ultimate customer satisfaction, I'm responsible to it too. And I'm responsible to it to everyone. So it's a big deal to have that processes through and through. But just writing it down, so let me just go back, because not just writing notes like this, but uh, what I found is when you're trying to, particularly with your staff, something's gone on in in a staff person's life, uh, you have a responsibility. Now, I've been a Christian a long time, so I pray for people. But I also have a responsibility as a human being to follow up with what's going on in their lives. I mean, this is part of my job. Because if they are carrying a burden in their personal life and they're going out and representing my company to people, they're going to transfer that. It's going to get related to the customer in some way if they have this draw on their lives, if they have a problem with the child, if they have a problem in their marriage, if they're somebody's seriously sick. All that stuff matters. Somebody better know and be speaking to them and caring for them as they walk through that process. And that's our responsibility as leaders. And that's one of the problems as companies get big, they lose sight of that personal touch and it becomes this sterilized service as opposed to personalized service. And we have to stay sensitive to that through and through. So I might not always remember, if you have a lot of people that you're speaking to and trying to care for, you better write it down. Write it down, put it in your calendar, have a note to go back and speak to them about X, Y, Z, whatever the issue is. Yeah. It's just a statement of care. That's awesome. That's so cool. And and I mean, that level of care does, it, it does transition through. I, you know, I can, I can feel your heart as we're talking, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's you, you genuinely believe this, you genuinely live this every day. So I appreciate you being an example in the industry. You've done so much for the industry. And I know we're kind of shortening the podcast, but to be honoring of your time, we're at convention and there's so much stuff going on. Um, I, I thank you for your time. And we are going to do this more because sure, there's just, I it. know there's so much more. So I appreciate your time. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking, for having me. coming here. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So Appliance Alliance community, this is Dean Landers, amazing guy. Uh, he, the blue book, Gleeps. If you haven't been to an ASTI convention, you better go to one. You better take one of his his Gleeps classes. Amazing. It's good stuff. Thank you so much. Appliance Alliance Podcast, signing off.